Something that's not funny that I've literally been avoiding harder than you avoid the top of the hour ad break, which I'm going to run right now before we get to the story because it's actually a very sad one is the murder of adam neely uh who was not physically harming anyone on the train station but he was clearly experiencing mental distress and uh he was choked to death uh according to the coroner's report by the way it's not me just saying that or i say adam neely sorry jordan neely um a lot of people defended that murder and said that that was the right thing to do Let's take a look at how the media is covering it. By the way, the media does have blood on its hands. Like any other homeless person that gets murked on the streets of New York, the media has played an active role in it. They literally immediately added passive voice like they do when a cop kills someone. He has been deputized in the moment to like execute someone in the same way the cops do like we we shit on cops when they do this why the fuck is it okay when a civilian does it new protests in new york city last night demanding an arrest for the death of a homeless man on the subway now ruled a homicide witnesses say 30 year old jordan neely was speaking aggressively allegedly threatening others and saying he didn't care if he died that's when a marine veteran put him in a chokehold for roughly 15 minutes other passengers holding his arms neely would later be pronounced dead at the hospital the marine veteran was questioned and then released he killed someone and he choked them for 15 minutes and he did it in front of witnesses and witnesses who admit admit that there was no physical contact between Jordan Neely and any passenger on that train. Neely, who made money as a Michael Jackson impersonator, had been arrested more than 40 times, including for assault and disorderly conduct. And he had a documented history of mental health issues. Dude, what are you doing? Like, what are these stills, dude? They are such monsters. They literally cover this like it's a cinematic sequence you know what i mean like stop i don't think people need to see this over and over again like we get it it was newsworthy maybe in the first day i i understand the other side of the argument which is like people need to see the brutality but it's wild to me when they just like show it over and over again which were reportedly exacerbated by the murder of his mother when he was 14. new york city is not gotham you can't take the law into your own hands and choke someone to death who's having a mental health crisis Advocates say the tragedy is more evidence of the system failing to address what's now become a mental health crisis across America. There's some forms of mental illness that are episodic. It doesn't mean that because you see someone in a moment that they are, uh, you know, in, in the, the worst possible condition. Perhaps he was in distress, but there are different degrees of distress. And again, uh, the situation that was presented was not one where he was i haven't even looked into this person's background but what are we doing i thought michael brown was the last time legacy media was like actually doing the whole like here is the criminal background of the person that was executed in the hands of the police is it because it's new territory where we are like officially deputizing whatever fucking ye ass gung-ho motherfucker that wants to execute a poor person is that what's going on now we're doing the, the the fucking background you don't know what the criminal background of this person is in the moment like what does that mean they don't even do this for cops anymore. We all re we all recognize how fucked up that is because a cop doesn't know what that person's background is when they're behaving in a violent way. They're reacting because they see a black person. So what difference is there when it's a fucking random citizen? Like this guy murdered somebody and the media rushed to immediately talk about his like background, talk about the victim's background, sorry. They hid the truth. They only said he was a vet, a former Marine. They never actually said uh, that his dad was a fucking New York state trooper, obviously, uh, which, you know, certainly adds another layer to it, don't you think?
Yeah, for the record, it looks like the Daily Mail accidentally leaked the last name of Jordan Neely's killer Daniel Penny on a photo caption hours before he was actually identified. So now it's confirmed that the news orcs had his name for some time, but did not release it to protect him. Penny is seen restraining Jordan Neely on an F train in NoHo Monday afternoon. Neely fell unconscious, died shortly afterwards. I don't know if uh, that's uh, confirmed or not, but they literally removed the name for the caption after this tweet came out. On Monday night, Jordan Neely was placed in a chokehold on a subway by an unnamed former Marine. They knew his name and they hid it. Why did they do that, you think? Let's see if the the exact steps that took place for Jordan Neely to become the person that he became. Let's identify like if he ever cheated at school all the way down to that level to justify his execution. But God forbid we find out what the fucking killer's name is because then we could do some, you know, do some actual uh, research on the matter on the dude who fucking killed the person. But again... My general opinion is that if someone is just laying on the ground choking someone in public for 15 minutes, this is murder, that's it. I don't think people understand. There are people who you can just murder and everyone will celebrate you for it. Homeless people, a black homeless person in a state of mental distress in public, it's done. It's a wrap. These people are not seen as those who are failed by the state. They are seen as criminals automatically. And it doesn't matter if their fucking rap sheet is filled to the brim with loitering loitering arrests, with fair evasion arrests. They will turn around and say 44 times he's been arrested. This guy's a massive criminal. We are a deeply evil society. We are a deeply evil society. This is maliciously evil. I'm not going to excuse it. AOC is evil. That is, she's evil. AOC says Jordan Neely was murdered, but because Jordan was houseless and crying for food at a time when the city's raising rents and shipping services to militarize itself, while many empowered demonize the poor, the murderer gets protected with a passive headlines and no charges. It's disgusting. She's right. But guess what? You can say the wrong thing and get a lot of praise in this country. If everyone is fucking violent, if everyone fantasizes about the moment they could, they too could be deputized to do an execution and they fantasize about it and someone finally does it. We saw it with Kyle Rittenhouse. A lot of people will celebrate you. Your central committee said this is just the sum of the total of a cascade of failures in our systems. Americans can't imagine living in a country where housing is a right, with mental health care is a right, with free public transit. It's just so depressing how far people are from even understanding what a humane society looks like. Yeah, we're fucking animals. We are animals. We're violent, bloodthirsty animals cheering on the villain in the situation because of a possible hypothetical justification for why he had to act out in the way that he did. When all the witnesses surrounding the incident say that Neely did not pose a threat. Who's more of a threat? A fucking homeless person who's going crazy on the subway? Or the guy who killed him? Or, and I'll take it one step further, cackling hyenas all around that are now celebrating the murderer instead of highlighting the homeless person that was first victimized by the systems and then personally victimized by the murderer. Who's more violent? I think the people celebrating the fucking murder are more violent. It's crazy. What are we doing? We have no law and order in this country. We have none of that. How can you say you have law and order and you think there's no law and order because homeless people exist because they've been fucked over by the systems over and over again with no adequate mental health? How can you say there's law and order in this country when a dude who was like trying to fuck underage girls online, who's a a current uh, military member, 
an, and an Uber driver gets in his car with his fucking gun, drives over to a Black Lives Matter protest, shoots a Black Lives Matter protester who was trying to like defend his quadriplegic girlfriend that he was wheeling around, kills the fucking guy, former Airborne, by the way, the victim in this circumstance, in the state of Texas, and is found guilty by a jury of his peers for the murder. Why? In the state of Texas, this is the stand your ground castle doctrine state. How did this person get found guilty by 12 men and women that are his peers? Because he talked about it. He wrote about it everywhere where people could hear him. He fantasized about murdering Black Lives Matter protesters. He said he's going to go to a protest and kill a protester. And it was so much that beyond a reasonable doubt, they found him guilty of murder. What did the right do? What did they do? They looked at that situation and said, nah, he killed a BLM protester. We want that to happen. We fantasize about that all the time. We want to fucking make sure that that's legal. They pressured, ironically, also handicapped paraplegic Governor Greg Abbott. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning that is because the dude who died was a Black Lives Matter protester who was trying to push his quadriplegic wife away. So, like, there isn't even that level of empathy in Greg Abbott's mind. Like, think about that. Greg Abbott now saying, send it my way. I am going to pardon this person. I'm going to pardon someone who was caught dead to rights and was found guilty of murder in the state of Texas. I'm going to pardon him because guess what? Law and order means law and order for us, not you. Law and order means if you kill the type of person that we don't like, like a Black Lives Matter protester, then yeah, you're, you're fine. You're clear to go. That's what law and order means to these fucking freaks. And now we're moving behind. We're moving beyond just like allowing cops to kill whoever the fuck they want on site, especially black people, especially unarmed black people. They could do that. That's fine. We move beyond that now. We're deputizing random people that are also acting out the desires of a white supremacist violent state. It's no longer the state that holds the monopoly of violence. It's those who act out the desires of the state that have the monopoly on violence. Even in a blue state, in a blue city like New York City, you got a cop that's a fucking mayor that's defending a guy who just killed a fucking homeless person on the subway uh, train. What are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? This is how violent we have become as a country. We are the barbarians. And I don't mean that in some cool way. I mean, like, literally. It's barbarism. We are the violent ones. It's not the dudes that get fucking brain broken after having to brave the elements for years and years and years because they got priced out of the housing market. They became houseless. They had to fucking self-medicate. They started doing drugs. They started panhandling and dancing to fucking make money so they could put food on their fucking, uh, put food in their mouths. Not even on their tables because they have no shelter. They they wanted to put clothes on their backs. And then they were begging for food and water in their last moments where they got fucking mercilessly executed by a dude who took the matter of the law into his own hands. He didn't even want to wait till it was outsourced at the next fucking train station by a cop. He said, I'm going to do it myself. And now we're defending that. We are the violent ones. Not Neely. Do I believe that he was not violent any moment in his life? I'm sure maybe he was. But it certainly seems, according to the witnesses that were in that car, that he was not violent in that moment. He was not physically harming anyone in that moment. He was being a nuisance. And if you've ever taken the subway or taken any kind of public transit, you know what it's like. It happens. Yes, there are homeless people. 
on the fucking uh, carts, on the on the on the trains, on the buses. There are homeless people that sometimes even constitute a real threat. And then there are non-homeless people, you know, people with a fucking home that are significantly more violent and demonstrate that threat. But because they are a part of the normal society, you haven't depersonalized them in your minds. You don't think about it in the same terms. At most, the way that we experience homelessness is a fucking nuisance and sometimes a violent one. That's the only thing we see about homelessness. We don't think about the steps that it took for a a, a beautiful young life to turn into what you see on that fucking video in the lead up to that uh, violent action, in the lead up to that murder. We never think about that. We just see homeless people as like annoying at worst. That's the way we experience it. Meanwhile, many of the people that defend that execution are like one bad healthcare crisis away from being Jordan Neely. That's the craziest part. 40% of this country does not have $400 in emergency funds. 40% of this country. That means you're one unfortunate accident away from being Jordan Neely. Because God knows we don't have a lot of fucking, uh, you know, chapter 11 bankruptcy style money saving provisions for the working class. The best you get if you're in a fuckload of debt due to unforeseeable conditions is maybe a little bit of fucking welfare. And even that is conditional. And even that's constantly being uh, uh, you know, uh, talked about as, a, as though it's a moral hazard. You got no safety nets if you're working class in this fucking country. And you are so close to being just like Jordan Neely. And you don't even know it because, hey, you got a steady diet of Mountain Dew coming down your way. You, get, you can go to Applebee's every now and then and pay for a $5 jalapeno popper. You got a new TV in the living room. So you don't even think about it. You're like, fuck it. That's not going to happen to me. That's crazy. You don't know. You have no control over your workplace. You have no freedom. You spend 80% of your lives in the fucking workplace, a place where you have no control over whatsoever. People still talk shit about the writer strike. Oh, I don't like their fucking writing. Uh, I don't like the, the content they're putting out meanwhile you know you work where, where do you fucking work you work in as, a, as an accountant you know what i mean you think people like what you do no is that what we're doing we're making qualitative assessments on your fucking job and how i personally feel about it for you to get back a larger percentage of the fucking value that you literally generate you're a white collar guy who sits and listens to me at fucking work all goddamn day making it seem like you're working every time your manager passes by and you're over here Making assessments on, well, do you deserve a percentage of the fucking value that you generate? Only if I like what you're doing. Come on. We're all doing the same dumb shit. And the difference between someone like yourself and someone like Neely is that his spawn point was worse than yours. We have to have more empathy for people. We have to have more empathy for people, even if we are not close to them. Even if we are not close in, 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 uh, in socioeconomic proximity to them. Meanwhile, I got to fucking sit here and defend my existence and my policies and my politics and my ideology because I'm fucking rich, rich from streaming every fucking day. You want to know the real reason why I have to defend it? Because motherfuckers are so far removed from having empathy for the other, for having empathy for someone even in a similar circumstance to them 
that they immediately start shooting the messenger. It's not because like there is any sort of genuine hypocrisy that you're seeking out here. It's because you hate hearing it. Don't matter. You hate hearing it from a poor guy. You hate hearing it from a rich guy. You just hate hearing it. You hate the message because we have dismantled the humanity of every single American. We have dismantled it. I don't give a fuck about you. What does this say about me? My, my feelings. Well, can, we, can we center the conversation around my feelings? I'll talk about a strike and someone will go, oh, that's ableist. I can't do a strike. Strikes actually put me in harm's way. I got fucking mental issues. I'll kill myself. I don't fucking watch Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> like, why? Why are you bringing that up? You don't have to be so hyper-individualistic. Oh, well, you know, homeless guy in a, in a state of mental distress was executed. Well, guess what? I'm a tiny woman and I'm scared. So maybe it was okay that this guy got executed. It's like, yeah, if you're a tiny woman and you're scared of the fucking black homeless dude, let me tell you something about the white guy that killed him. You should be... Just as scared, if not infinitely more scared of the other dude. Because he actually killed someone. You're scared of the hypothetical of the homeless guy. You should be way more scared of the other dude. Because that other dude killed someone and almost got away with it. And might still get away with it. Whew. Imagine trying to say, Haha, I'm scared of the homeless guy that was murdered in this circumstance. More than I'm scared of the guy who actually fucking murdered him with his bare hands. It's crazy. But that's what happens when you successfully depersonalize, successfully dehumanize an entire group of individuals. And I'm not just talking about the fact that he was black. That obviously is a compounding factor in this process. I'm talking about the fact that he was homeless. We've been conditioned into avoiding homeless people and seeing them as human beings because we see those human beings get destroyed every fucking day. We watch them brave the elements. We watch them take shits outside because there's no fucking public bathrooms. And if you had to step back and think this is a human being for a brief moment, you would fucking lose your mind. That's such a devastating thing to see. Devastating. Think about it. A real human being could be your mom, could be your dad, could be your brother, could be your sister. They're out there living in a fucking, uh, you know, tent every night with fear that they don't know how they're going to feed themselves. Where the next food is coming from, they don't know. So instead of dealing with that reality, instead of, you know, coming to terms with the reality that we have like, uh, you know, we have all these people that are absolutely destroyed all around us trying to survive every single day, we decide to not see them as human because that's easier. Because if you think that they're fucking human beings, then holy shit, what are we doing to human beings? And that level of depersonalization is how you arrive at this kind of action being defended by a broader population. Now, this doesn't mean, like I've talked about before, that like it should be normal or you should have to literally be a social worker. Hold on. What is the solution? All this complaining and no solution? Oh, man, I'm complaining about fellow motherfuckers who are literally celebrating. I mean, I don't know what the solution is to the, like to just living in such a fucking inherently violent society. But as far as the solution to like a person suffering in the fucking streets and not doing anything, the solution has to be systemic. It's a thing I talked about a million times over. You've been following me since 2020, I'm sure you've accidentally heard it. But honestly, Google is so fucking cheap. It's free. You know, you pay a little bit of ad revenue by uh, giving up your privacy, just go to the fucking YouTube search bar and just type in Hasanabi homelessness. Stop chewing into the mic, idiot. I'm chewing on your mother's pussy later tonight, you fucking dingus. You doing literally the same exact thing I just said. Oh, my God. Let me center this conversation around me for a moment. Me. You're talking about a homeless person being executed and everybody celebrating it, but me. What about my personal opinions? I'm having a bad day.
America has decided that being a narcissistic, selfish piece of fucking garbage is a virtue. And you can do it with every type of politics. You could do it on the right by vice signaling. You can do it on the left by virtue signaling. It's fucking awesome. You can come into a lefty space and be like, I know you're talking about a homeless dude being executed in broad daylight and, you know, the broader majority of society fucking uh, celebrating it instead of going, holy fuck, that's actually terrifying. That could be any of us. And you go, I don't like that you're chewing into the fucking microphone. Fuck you. There's an, uh, there's an entire stadium full of motherfuckers in here. You think what you have to say matters. It doesn't. Maybe your mom and dad should have fucking told you that instead of avoiding you like the top of the hour ad break. Which comes at the top of the hour and sometimes at 325. If you no longer want to see those ads, all you need to do is subscribe. The amount of people that have been defending this shit is crazy. I mean, and the ways that they've been defending it is crazy. Baya Ungar Sargon says, Deputy Opinion Editor of Newsweek, of course. I ride the subway a lot. Not a week goes by that a mentally ill person doesn't get on and terrorize the entire car, especially women, especially Asians. Usually the men just sit there and pretend it's not happening. It's a disgrace that New Yorkers had to live like this. Okay. What about a dead person? Are you telling me, honestly, that, like, choke slamming and executing a fucking person is, like, less bad than a person being a nuisance? That's because that's what you're saying. Every single thing I hear from motherfuckers like this, every single time I'm like, okay, so someone died in front of you. Like, they were physically executed in front of you, and you're that's your preference? You're, like, you want a show? You want some popcorn to go along with that murder? Like, what's happening? That's what it's being charged with. It's a homicide. People are so desensitized. We don't even know enough to judge what happened to Jordan Neely, but lots of people who don't live in New York, lots of people who don't ride the subway have a lot of opinions. Bitch, you have an opinion. Fuck you mean. You don't know what happened, but I have an opinion. You made an assessment. You made an assessment right here. This assessment is defending the murder. So it didn't take much for you to make that assessment. So why the fuck are you upset that someone's immediate inclination is to go, maybe we should fucking try to understand why... Someone is a victim. You're not only defending the person who did the homicide, but turning around and saying, why are people defending the murder victim? That's crazy. You're a white woman. You can pass me without a whole weaponization woman on the platform of anti-blackness. Asian women can speak for ourselves, and I haven't seen any argument that a young black man frustrated by this capital system deserves to be murdered by a Marine. This way of evoking the injured Asian body is rooted in imperialist fantasies of Asian women needing to be saved, and it goes hand-in-hand with the criminalization of black men. Both valorize the white male soldier cop savior complex. Jesus Christ, that's a lot of good takes. This incident didn't even have anything to do with Asian women, but instead of the militarization of white citizenry to do the work of the carceral state, Opie doesn't actually have Asian women's interest in mind at all but wants to use it as a theoretical prop to justify lynching yeah now like i said i know why so many people fucking do this you have to also understand like every single person sounds like a fucking bloodthirsty fascist when it comes to the story why well it's because of the two things that i mentioned there's more to it than that but the main two components is either a they had their own personal uh traumatic experience and they're just like reliving it every single time this conversation is happening or two they personally haven't had this but they're they're they've seen it on tv so now they're fucking terrified It's not normal to go through public transit and have human suffering in your face, especially if human suffering can turn into like an altercation, okay? It's not normal to be a social worker on the way to fucking work. It's not. We're not trained for that. That's why we have people trained for it. We should be paying them a fuckload of money and hiring more of them to deal with this problem. For people asking solutions, I have said this so many times over. 
Decommodifying housing. So housing is not seen as an investment vehicle. Or at the very least, starting off the decommodification of housing by allowing public housing and having a housing first homelessness policy where the first thing to do for a homeless person is to put them under a roof, like permanent housing, temporary housing that turns into permanent housing, and then allow social services to take care of the rest, mental health problems and the like reintegration programs, jobs programs, training programs. These are all things that have been demonstrably successful. But we don't want to do that. We want to make sure that there are new, more new homeless people every fucking day. Why is that happening? The number one reason for why is that they're getting priced out of the housing market. Not because of drugs. It's not because you lost your job or had an unfortunate circumstance. The number one reason why people become homeless is because they lose their homes. They lose their rental property that they are renting uh, because they can't pay for it anymore. The landlord decided it's too expensive. All of a sudden, you're back in the throes of the fucking housing market in a place like Manhattan, and you have no options. Or it can happen to your parent. It's happening all around the country. It's happening in red states, too. Force people to become homeless, make every homelessness a crime, make every form of homelessness a crime. Yeah, this is such a great take. This is exactly the case, by the way. Uh, make every form of homelessness a crime so they have a sizable criminal record, kill them, justify the murder because of the criminal record, wash, rinse, and repeat. This is exactly what I said. Look at that. It was a subway recidivist with prior assault, prior arrest for assault, disorderly conduct, and fair evasion. Anyway, like I said, if you want to understand why people have so much anger towards homeless people it's because it's not normal like it is not normal to have that level of human suffering in front of you all day every day you live in a city you see it all the time and uh in an effort to deal with that internally instead of recognizing how fucked up that is and how that's a byproduct of the system that we exist under you have to make deeply hyper individualistic reasons for why it exists it's got to be some personal moral failing you know and then you end up dehumanizing the individual who's victims of uh, who's a victim of the systems so that you can feel more comfortable avoiding seeing their fucking uh, plight. You do that for a long enough time, you know, you can justify any kind of cruelty that they are subjugate they're subjected to. Any kind of subjugation. <sighs> Sad, man.